a new power arrives. The first Anglo-Norman soldiers splashed ashore on the Wexford coast in 1169. At that time, Louth was part of the O'Carroll lordship Orgeil, or Oriel, that stretched across Armagh, Louth, Monaghan and parts of Meath. The arrival of the Anglo-Normans sounded the death knell for the old powers. In 1183, John de Courcy and his knights conquered the area, and others soon followed in his wake. In 1210, that part of the territory most intensively settled by the new arrivals was shired into what we know now as County Louth. Much of it was granted to the de Verdun family, who soon went about stamping their mark on the local landscape. They selected the Gaelic assembly site of Dundelka for their first earth and timber castle, choosing it both for its strategic and for its symbolic importance. This fort became known as Castletown Mott. Before long, stone castles were under construction at places like Carlingford and the magnificent fortress at Castle Roach. The de Verduns quickly recognised the economic potential of the Castletown River and Bay, and soon decided to establish a new port there. This venture gradually eclipsed their first settlement at Castletown, and the new port town would become known as Dundalk. The Diverduns erected a series of fortifications in the hinterland of their new port town. Three kilometres to the north-northwest of Dundalk, the remains of the earthwork castle they constructed at Fort Hill in the townland of Balrigan was the most important medieval site excavated during the M1 bypass works. Originally, it was likely similar in form to the Martin Bailey at Castletown. It was garrisoned in the 13th and 14th centuries and was on the front lines during one of the deadliest wars in Irish history. That conflict came when Edward and Robert de Bruce decided to take their war against the English to Ireland. The brothers were descended from Aoife MacMurrough, daughter of the last King of Leinster, and thus had a claim to Irish kingship. They were invited to Ireland by Donald MacBrien O'Neill, King of Tyrone, who sought assistance from the Bruces to help to hold back the English incursions into his lands. The brothers saw the opportunity to establish Edward as High King of Ireland, creating a grand Gaelic alliance to defeat the English. Edward landed at the head of a Scottish army in Antrim in 1315. Their route south, via the Gap in the north, took them right past Fort Hill. Dozens of nervous eyes must have watched from the ramparts as they witnessed the approach of thousands of well-armed Scottish veterans. They were right to be afraid. For the next three years, violence, famine and death stalked the people of Louth as the Scots struck out from Ulster. When the war finally ended, the dramatic conclusion was within sight of Fort Hill. On the 14th of October, 1318, Edward Bruce's dream of an Irish kingdom was extinguished, along with his life, in a conclusive battle against the Anglo-Normans and their Irish allies on the slopes of the nearby hill of Fort. 
the main feature the archaeologists identified at Fort Hill was an oval earthwork enclosure on the summit of the hill, with an internal area of 600 square metres. It was here that the garrison would have been placed, and the area was protected by a wide and deep defensive ditch and wooden palisade. While later activity had disturbed much of the inner enclosure, it was possible to identify the remains of a number of potential buildings, as well as what may once have been a watchtower. To the north of the main fortification was an outer enclosure, or bailey, that enclosed around 1,400 square metres. Here, too, the interior was much disturbed, but it was also likely to have contained a number of buildings. It was here that the food processing and industrial activities necessary to support the garrison would have taken place. In the absence of major surviving features, it was left to the artefacts to tell something of the story of the people here. They relied on locally made pottery for their day-to-day -day needs. The majority of the 131 sherds retrieved were of Dundalk type. Some of them would have come from a medieval pottery kiln that was discovered on Dundalk's Bridge Street in the 1990s. A single sherd of green glazed pottery represented a jug that had travelled to Fort Hill from Saint-Ange in western France, carrying much welcome wine to the more privileged inhabitants. They also left behind two Whittletang knives, the all-purpose implement of medieval life used for everything from food preparation to eating. The tang was the end of the knife blade hafted in a wooden handle. They largely depended on cattle for their meat and raw materials, but also had pigs, sheep and goat. Occasionally, they would ride out to supplement their meat diet with wild animals, and the remains of a small number of red and fallow deer were also discovered. By the 15th century, Fort Hill appears to have fallen out of use. Sometime in the 16th or 17th century, a period when Ireland was plagued by intermittent warfare and strife, the abandoned hilltop castle became the final resting place of a young girl, aged no more than nine or ten. Her bones bore the telltale signs of nutritional deficiency. In the centuries that followed her death, this unnamed girl's lonely grave looked out upon a changing world. The slow and steady march towards the more familiar landscape that surrounds us today had begun. <laughs>